you more on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Michael and Jake Lewis, Orange Theory franchisees up in uh, Westchester area. Uh, pro athlete status turns his passion into profession. Jake, why don't you start off and give us your uh, illustrious background, and I'll fill in whatever dots I feel like. Well, I'm uh, an East Coast guy for sure, but I grew up outside of Chicago uh, for the first few years of my life. We, um, my first house I lived in, we, we lived on a lake, and uh, I was born in 19, 1988, but in 1989, my great-grandfather, uh, huge thanks to my dad, uh, was inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, he was a big, big NHL star in the 1930s, won a couple of Stanley Cups, and uh so right around 1989, when he was inducted, my whole fan, the whole Lewis family was really, really into hockey at the time. Uh, growing up on a lake in, in Chicago in, in the winter, uh, not a bad, not a bad place to start skating. It's like a free, it's like a free ice <laughs> rink, right? It's a free yeah. ice rink. My dad, I still remember he would take the snowplow out. We'd have our dog out there slipping around and, uh, it was a good way to kind of start my start my life. So I got on skates before my second birthday, kind of grew up playing hockey. I played other sports as well. My dad uh, introduced me to tennis, to baseball, played those growing up. And uh, hockey was really my life, though. <laughs> and uh, played it almost year-round, baseball in the summers. And then um, eventually, uh, you know, went to high school, played junior hockey after high school for actually three years outside of, uh, outside of high school. One year in New Jersey, a couple of years outside of Boston. Uh, went to Skidmore College, small D3 school in upstate New York. Uh, was really lucky just to go there as, as, a, as a person and, you know, not just in terms of hockey, but Saratoga Springs is really a wonderful, wonderful place. And Skidmore is a really prestigious school and very lucky to go there. And some of my best friends, of course, are from there. And, and, and uh, you know, we talk to this day. It's really great. Um, after college, went to go play uh, in Europe for one year for Montpellier Vipers uh, in the south of France. Division one hockey like there. Rough, rough assignment, huh? It was really tough. Yeah. You, had, <laughs> you know, drink wine, eat cheese, and play hockey. It was tough. Um, it was great, though. We actually had pretty good fans. It, the whole thing was a dream. I remember they would, you know, would have a, a light show and fog before games. And I was thinking, I'm not good enough to uh, to have this, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, that's good. But uh, anyway, so that's, that's just kind of my general hockey sports background. My dad's a Midwest guy as well. Yeah, I was actually born in Indianapolis and uh, spent the first few years of my life there. The reason I was there was because my grandfather, who Herb Lewis, who uh, played for the Red Wings, as Jake mentioned, is in the Hall of Fame, inducted in 89. Um, after he retired from the Red Wings, he became their minor league coach down in Indianapolis. Okay. Um, so that's how our family ended up there for a few years. Then we moved up to uh, the Chicago area. Uh, Barrington, Illinois, uh, which is a, just a wonderful little town about 35 miles northwest of the city. Um, and uh, I played sports as well, uh, not hockey. I was a, being an Indiana guy, I was actually a basketball player. Okay. Uh, and played other sports as well. Our, our whole family's always been very sports oriented. Um, ended up going to Northwestern. And I couldn't help but think of that when I noticed you were wearing a purple hat. So I was. Uh, I go. was very impressed. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, then, then went to law school at uh, Loyola University, also in Chicago, and practiced law for uh, quite a few years in my, my career. Uh, the last eight years or so with a large firm based in Chicago, but an international firm. 
from there, I went into the corporate world and uh, was with AT&T for a number of years and then Lucent when it was spun off. Sure. I did legal work and I did HR work and, and that kind of thing. Um, had a brief stint as a uh, chief operating officer for a vitamin company, which was really interesting, about five years, based in Vermont. And was was that? Yeah, it was, it was a really nice, uh, really It was nice called New, New Chapter. New Chapter, if you've heard okay. of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I have actually. Uh, did very, very well. We sold it to Procter & Gamble, which was, which was great. Um, and uh, then I, I've been wrapping up my career for the last uh, 11, 12 years, being the head of human resources for a couple of major international law firms, one based in New York, one based in Philadelphia, but I had offices in both cities. So uh, that's pretty much uh, my background. And then Jake one day came up to me and said that he had been working out at this studio called Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, this is such a great model. He's, he was so excited about it. We started talking to other people. And Jake finally said at one point, why don't we get, start our own studio? Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what we did. And we've been enjoying it. It's been very successful until the coronavirus hit. Um, but uh, we're, we're very excited about it. It grew like crazy. Um, had quite a few members. And uh, now we're looking at other locations that Jake mentioned. So, Jake, what kind of uh, prompted you well, when you came back from France? Were you uh, did, did you ever take a corporate position or what were you doing before you decided to ask your dad and say, hey, let's go into, into the health club industry? It's actually a little funny. So I was a business major in college, but I actually took uh, a few acting courses and I kind of toyed around with the thought of trying to do some commercial and other acting when I got back from France, which is actually what I ended up doing. I went to um, an acting school in in New York City. It's actually pretty widely respected, and it's ranked top 20 in, in the world. Um, it's a two-year program. I actually only did one year before I decided to just go into business. Um, but I went on a bunch of auditions. I actually did some commercial work. made a couple of dollars, and, and I made that almost literally. Um, and, uh, so I decided, uh, to, to go into this instead. Basically what happened was, um, in 2015, someone was just telling me they actually lived in Boston and they said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of my big box gym. I'm waiting for this other place to open. I said, Oh, that's great. A couple months went by and they said, uh, you, you got to try this out. It's changing my body. There must be one in New York. I was actually living at home in New Jersey at the time. And I went on Google, found that there was one within about half an hour from the house. I went there, loved the workout, signed up after. I was going a couple of times a week and eventually kind of increased it. And a few months went by and I was kind of thinking, you know, I really love this concept, like my dad was just saying. And uh, I just wonder if you can if you can own one. I didn't even know anything about it. So I went on their website and, and just submitted something, heard back from an area representative who was really great and responsive. And uh, he said, look, it seems like you have all the tools, you know, and what we're looking for. Um, do you have any money? <laughs> I mm-hmm. said, absolutely not. Uh, I said, I do know a guy though, who has a few bucks and uh, who might be willing to go into it with me and who I would love to work with. So I asked my dad and, uh, like he just said, we, uh, we put some thought into it and, uh, you know, within a few weeks we kind of said, you know what, let's just do this. And, uh, um, he was winding down his career, like he said, and, uh, we went into it, and, and it actually took us quite a while to open the Tuckahoe location in Westchester. You know, just natural construction delays and, and choosing real estate sites and everything kind of what comes with the territory. But uh, 
that's pretty much what happened. I'm a huge believer in it. Um, and, and quietly throughout my, if you want to call it a hockey career, uh, <laughs> I was working out so intensely with trainers and everything for years. It kind of made sense to go into this space. It just worked itself out naturally pretty much. And now we're, you know, we did well and then we're doing well. Um, and we're looking to expand. So we're looking to, uh, to fulfill our second license in the Yonkers area and, and, uh, and beyond. Great, great story. So when you think about, you know, being a growing up in hockey and growing up in team sports, you know, how relevant do you think that was to appreciating the orange theory, you know, group exercise classes versus, you know, uh, a, a health club that you could, you know, like a planet fitness or a blink fitness, like this seemed to really resonate with you as, yeah. as a member and a lot of the best franchises that I've seen in the country are typically start with members that then go out and either move and open up locations in open territories because they're so in love with the the program that they become the best ambassador. But what, what do you think special about Orange Theory when you think about, you know, you were a defenseman on a hockey team, right? That means you weren't, you know, le- the leading scorer. You're probably not the leading assist guy. I, I was a soccer goalie. So I always say, like, you know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter if I can't help us win. I just got to make sure we don't lose. Right. So that's like, <laughs> it's kind of like my entire mentality. That's my life, mindset too. Right. So, you know, how, how did Orange Theory kind of resonate with you? You know, besides just like, hey, it's a great workout, and I'm feeling, you know, like yeah, I'm getting, uh, good results. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I, I did grow up playing tennis a little bit, but my dad and I spoke when I was, you know, getting to become a teenager. He said, what do you want? Which one do you want to go after? And I think above all else, aside from my great grandfather playing hockey and everything, I just, I couldn't see myself not playing hockey. And the, the biggest thing I think, even maybe subconsciously, was that it was really a team thing. I mean, obviously baseball is the same way. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think that's why I lean more towards hockey because it was a team camaraderie thing. And I think it directly relates to orange theory are you on a team in there no uh you know some people go in they work out they want to go home but you in terms of during the workout you are really going through the same thing that everyone else is going through um at the same time so everyone in there is in a different place uh, everyone in there is um is in a different place uh in their fitness careers if you will or a different place in their lives um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. I think that's the beauty of Orange Theory is that um, when you've got someone next to you who maybe is faster than you, you know, going, uh, you know, at a higher rate uh, on the treadmill or on the rower or lifting more weights than you, but you're doing the same exercises, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, you're really going through the same, the same thing at the same time. The coach is with you as well. Um, so it, it really does directly relate to, um, to team sports, I, I, I feel. You know, I should add, uh, Pete, that, I've been in sports myself all my life, uh, as well as helping Jake with his sporting career. Um, and I've worked out all my life. It's just something that, that, that I do. And I have to say, it's always been kind of a solo workout kind of thing, you know, like mm-hmm. most people. And the first time I went to work out at Orange Theory, it was an amazing experience. It was inspiring to have all these other people who cared so deeply about getting in shape, being in shape, working hard, that it, it made it seem almost, I won't say effortless, but but somewhat effortless. Mm-hmm. And right at the end, when the coach who was leading the class said, okay, two minutes left, I assumed that she meant for the, the particular exercise or the machine we were on at the time, then we moved to the next one. No, she's talking about the, the end of the session. 
nearly one hour session. I was shocked as to how quickly it went by. So it, it's really wonderful and inspiring experience. It really is. Yeah. So, so Mike, when you take a look at, you know, your, your business experience and your, and your law firms that you worked with, you know, obviously you're looking at, okay, what are the economics? What kind of revenue are we generating? How much are we, you know, how much money are we spending on recruiting? What's the average, you know, life cycle of a, of a lawyer that we get in or paralegal, whatever, you know, the, the KPIs are there. How much did you kind of focus in on this business before you made the decision? Because Orange Theory, to us, Dave and I, you know, we, we see income statements of every, you know, every kind of fitness concept you could think of. And this got to rank up in the top five that I've seen just our return on capital and just free cash flow on a monthly basis. So how much of that did you know? Did you look for or did you say, hey, look, I... I went to these places. It's full. Everyone looks like they're having a good time. I, you know, the managers tell me that this place is making money. And is that, is that enough? Or did you do like some real empirical work on like, what's the unit economics? What's my return on investing capital? Well, it's, it's a little bit of everything you just touched upon. Um, obviously, the workout was great. It was inspiring. Um, and it's extremely effective. Um, we did talk to a number of other studio owners. And we started to get a sense of, of exactly how they were doing. In fact, before we opened our, before we even made any commitments, Jake had been working at a couple of them just to learn a little bit about the business. Mm. So he and I were talking about it every single day. And I have to say, I've got uh, also a relative who has made some major investments in uh, big box gyms. And it was, um, well, he, it's working out okay for him. Um, I looked at that, and that was kind of a turnoff for me. It just did mm-hmm. not appeal to me the way this you know, small studio did and the franchises. The other thing that struck me was the tremendous support from corporate. Um, they're there for you at mm-hmm. all times. Uh, they're very, very good. They care about what they do. Um, and if you look at the growth of Orange Theory, that's another thing that really got me going. Um, it's only right. been around since something like 2010. Uh, and it grew from one studio down in Florida to, you know, what, almost 1,300, 1,400 around the world now. Yeah. So it was a combination of things. Um, it was obviously very uh, successful financially, um, but there were other elements and also the possibility of growth. While it's right. getting harder and harder to grab additional territory for new studios, it's still possible. You have to work at it. But that mm-hmm. was another thing. It wasn't just, let's look at one studio, and if it works great, um, we'll, we'll be happy. No, this is the start. This is just the start. And as Jake had mentioned, um, we're already looking, and we've got the rights to another one. We're looking at others as well. So it was a combination uh, of things. So, so Jake, when uh, your father mentioned that you were kind of like undercover future uh, franchisee owner working at some of these other studios, um, <laughs> how, how important, you know, was that deliberate, you know, as part of like uh, – diligence process or was like you know what i'm i feel comfortable here and i'll you know i might as well make some you know money here and spend some more time here it was 100 deliberate it was after we were actually already awarded the license uh for the what they called the yonkers bronxville territory which uh, eventually became tuckahoe um 
So in, in 2016, in April of 2016, we were awarded this license. And, and as I mentioned earlier, some time went by. We had real estate delays, that sort of thing, you name it. And uh, I kind of, you know, I was living at home and I said, you know what? With all these delays, I mean, you know, sometimes you wait a couple of weeks to even hear something about the lease or about whatever. So a lot of time was going by. So number one, why don't I make a little money? But number two, uh, instead of going just anywhere, um, let's let me go work at an Orange Theory. So I did uh, about 12 minutes from our house. An Orange Theory had opened up uh, in Bedminster, New Jersey. The owner, Mark, is just the greatest guy. Um, I walked in. Um, he knew exactly. I had already been working out there for a little while, but um, I eventually pr- approached him, and he knew exactly what I was getting into. I was forthright with him, and I said, look, I have a license. I'm going to be an, okay. an owner soon. Um, can I basically train here as an employee? I said, you don't have to pay me. He said, no, no, you get the regular rate. Don't worry about that. So, um, But for almost a year, I worked there. And then in addition, I actually did start working at – um, a different studio as well at the same time throughout the week um, where I actually was a member prior to, to that studio. It's a little bit of an older studio, wonderful place as well. So two different owners um, run slightly differently, uh, but both very successful studios. And um, I really, you know, tip my cat to, to Mark and, uh, and the other owner there um, for allowing me to do that. He, he had always, Mark had always pulled me aside and we always talked a lot, him knowing what my future was, was going to be. And uh, he said, look, I, I really wish I had this opportunity before I opened my first one. Um, yeah. Even, you know, down to, uh, you know, knowing the the computer software that you use. You know, it, mm-hmm. it really, it just, instead of a huge learning curve when we opened, of course, there was still a learning curve operationally. But in terms of learning the system and all these different things, I knew the workout as a member. I knew the workout from behind the desk. I even ended up training with corporate and getting my national certification as a coach. I went through that whole week training to become a coach. And I did coach one class, by the way, and it was a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> never again. Although I did have energy. There, was, there wasn't a class that there wasn't a class that your dad said that two minutes ran by, right? Until the end. That was, that was a, no, no, that one was about no, four hours. That long. wasn't the claim. <laughs> mine, was, mine was several hours, uh, seemingly. Anyway, so, um, yeah, but anyway, so I, I, I have come to understand all facets of the business and a huge reason why, um, at least for part of it, is because I did work at a couple locations before we opened. For I mean, sure. That's a really interesting um, takeaway for, for a lot of franchisors and even a lot of corporate groups. Like we had the, um, the guy, Terry Blachick who owns the uh, Texas uh, Orange Theory market. Now he's got an Arizona, Kansas. We helped him put a deal together with Clearlight. And um, what he said uh, on a podcast, I'm like, how quick can you grow? And he's like, let me tell you something. Managers cannot be microwaved. I have to crockpot every manager. Yeah. And it kind of resonated with me. Like, you know, like his growth obstacles were related mostly to people. And, and knowing that if you could get the right person in that studio and run the play, almost like, you know, if we take hockey or, you know, like you got to have the, the, the captain of the team has got, you got to be able to pour it over yeah. that person because it's not, the system doesn't work, you know, by flip, flicking the light switch on. Yeah. And, and that's a huge thing at our Tucker location. We have the most wonderful employees um, right now, technically, I am managing the location. Um, it's been that way since even before we opened when we were in pre-sale, when the place was being built out. Uh, we have an assistant manager right now. 
Uh, she's just tremendous. Same as our head coach. And then it, it, it goes on down from there, the front desk, the rest of our coaches. Um, there, there's one just common trait with everyone there is that everyone is a great person. And that's why we've had a lot of success. We've actually had very little turnover. Mm-hmm. You know, we have had people who they go away to school or they get a, a, a big time offer for a, a big corporate job in the city. Uh, but you know, even through this whole COVID crisis, you know, we've had three of our employees who have told us they can't return out of about 15 or so. And um, all three, they're all three different reasons, but they're, they vary from I'm going after something else um, and, you know, or I'm moving my, my fiance, my fiance got transferred, you know, things like that. And um, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's just a, a really big indication of what the studio atmosphere is like for members and staff. People want to stay. You know, this mm-hmm. is a whole big mess right now, you know, across the world. Everyone knows that. But when when things settle down and, and we come back, people are going to be excited. Yeah, I mean, I um, someone's like, is there, is there any silver lining to this uh, pandemic? And I think the only two uh, or one is, um, you know, I think people are going to start focusing on, okay, what's my digital relationship with my member, whether that's Orange Theory franchise or or whether it's the studio directly. And I think the second part is, you know, the biggest issue in the studio space and health club industry in general over the last 10 years has been irrational development. So a member will go or, and say to a trainer, hey, I know you want to open up your own studio. You know, I'll, I'll lend you money or I'll invest. And, you know, if somebody said, what's the biggest risk? You know, that, that was a risk. So hopefully some of that dissipates. You know, and I think once there's a vaccine, everyone will be back and, and fully understand that, you know, the less people that have ob- that, that suffer from obesity and diabetes, if we can attack those two things, who gives a shit if you get the, the, the virus because you're going to be able to fight it off. Yeah, but that's that's the I want to see those stats. I don't want to see the stats of how many people have it. I think I had it already. Dave had it already. But, you know, that was like a, a loss for that virus, you know. I know it's, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I mean, we kind of want to say, look, if you come in and get in shape, <laughs> you'll be able to fight any, almost anything off usually. Right. Um, yeah. but on the other hand, we want to make sure that people understand, um, the safety measures that we will be taking when we reopen in Tucko and what Orange Theory Corporate as a brand and studios that are reopening are already doing, uh, and what they have in place to, to ensure member safety, not just member safety though. It's also team safety, staff, um, yeah. You know, um, but but yeah, I mean, you're right. The science proves, and it's a science-backed workout, which is uh, one huge reason why it's extremely effective and successful. Uh, but science has said that look, if you are in really good shape, if you continuously work out three, four times a week, you're gonna your your immune system is gonna be pretty pretty strong. Yeah, agreed. Hey, so so in closing here, I need to take this opportunity to tell you guys a story, so at least I get it on tape. And it'll resonate with you from the hockey side, both of you. So when I was nine years old, I'm living in Long Island, and I had those skates that you actually put on top of your sneakers. Okay. It was like the metal. And I used to watch the New York Islanders all the time because, you know, in the 80s, the Islanders were, you know, four four cup dynasty. So I asked my mom, like, hey, could you go down to the Cosby store for my birthday and get me a hockey stick? And she's like, oh, what kind? I was like, a Sherwood, Right. So yeah. she comes back for my birthday. I got a hockey stick wrapped up. She gives it to me, and it's a lefty stick, and I'm a righty. And I got so nervous that she would return it and not get me a new one that I just <laughs> kept playing with it. And now I play I played roller hockey throughout my life, lefty, with a lefty stick on. Oh, that's funny. 
street hockey and I got some better blades. You know, I, I, I have to jump on that for a quick <laughs> yeah, second. Go. When I first gave Jake his first hockey stick, I handed it to him so that he shot left-handed. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. As I did with a baseball bat. I handed it to him. I said, here's how you hold it. Left you know, hand, even though he throws right. I still wow. remember my first at bat in T-ball. It was in Illinois. I was five years old. <laughs> Maybe even four Traumatic. years old. I don't know. I remember my first at bat and I was aware enough to see that, you know, I was batting, you know, fourth or something big cleanup hitter back then. Um, the few kids that went ahead of me were all batting righty. And so when I, when it was my turn to go up there, I was nervous that I was going to be the only one lefty. So I, I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I switched my hands and went righty before I even took a swing. I heard my, you know, how you're at a sporting event, you can, you're playing a sport and you meet a hundred dads there, but you can only hear your dad's voice. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, unbelievable. So I hear my dad yell out, he's a lefty. So uh, they had me switch and uh, that was the only time I mixed that up. So, <laughs> Right, you know, another 10 years I played. That's so funny. funny. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, so I had to get that story in. So my mom hears it at some point. She listens to all this podcast. Cool. <laughs> you know, so, um, so in closing here, uh, me and Mike start from, from your end, you know, any, uh, any quotes that you live by or any quotes through your business history that you kind of go to that they say, Oh, Mike Lewis says that all the time or something that keeps it, you keep it in the back of your mind. Um, uh, not really. Um, I do talk to myself once in a while in times of stress, <laughs> and I just say, you know, you, you flow with it. Uh, every day you're building experience, and you look to that experience to get through whatever you face, whatever obstacles there are in the future. And I try to impress that upon Jake as well. You're going to have setbacks virtually every day, large mm -hmm. and small. And what you've got to roll with it. Uh, you can't over-exaggerate the problem. Uh, and just as you can't over-exaggerate, you know, the victories, the business victories and other, other kinds of wins. So to me, that's, that's been it. Uh, interpersonal skills is something I have uh, really pushed for uh, in every HR position I've had. I stress that. Um, we have near geniuses coming in a couple of these major law firms where I was, but they can't carry on a conversation and they can't stand up and argue a case in court. They don't have the same value. So I think interpersonal skills, being able to roll with the hard times and, and take advantage of the good times is really the way uh, you succeed in business. Yeah. Jake, what do you got? I would just say my thing has been, and again, this is, this is upbringing and everything from my parents, but it's just be good to people. Um, treat them with, with respect. Uh, you know, it's a little cliche to say that, but, I am very confident in saying that our studio in Tuckahoe and ones that we will build in the future, um, the, the pillars are really, I mean, it's, it's, it's treating people with respect and, and being good to them. It's not just members, it's staff as well. Um, and, you know, you, you don't do it because of the benefits that can come from it. You do it because it's the right thing to do, but there are a lot of benefits that come from it, right? You have low, lower turnover, uh, both for members and staff. You want to make it a place where people can escape their daily lives if, you know, whether it be work, uh, other frustrations elsewhere, uh, or maybe not even frustrations. Maybe they have really just really busy lives. Maybe they want an hour break. Or so. uh, we want that to be basically the atmosphere for everyone. And, um, 
that's that's what we strive for. Before we opened, my dad and I were talking all the time about how customer service and how you treat people it needs to be number one. And uh, I think we've we've pretty much hit that so far. Yeah, that's great. I mean, well, one time uh, I was in Orange Theory and um, I was talking to a person next to me, and they said, "You know, this is the most important hour of my entire day." Yeah. You know, and and think about like that that responsibility of that trainer or you as the owner, like, you know, they got 24 hours and like, this is the most important one. I, I go to uh, a spin studio in New York a lot. And um, at the end, it was like a 7.30 PM class and I'm sitting in the back and I'm like, this is like my hour. And the guy goes up there and he's like, well, man, this is my fifth, you know, class that I'm teaching today. I'm exhausted. I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear that, man. Uh, I want to hear that this is your only class of the week. It's like it, it's <laughs> most important for me. Well, look, exactly. I'm, uh, I'm excited to meet you guys. Um, hopefully, we can meet in person here soon. Uh, David, I'll head up to Tucko and take a class. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, getting into the Halo sector, living the uh, li- living what we're trying to live here. And um, you know, I think this pandemic might be the uh, the pause button right before the fast forward uh, to to make everything we do much more relevant and and help a lot more people. So. Uh, Thanks for your uh, for participating in our in each one of us being kind of a cog in a in a fast moving wheel. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you awesome. guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. It. Thank, Thank you guys so much. Take care. Take care. All right. All right. All right. See you. Bye bye. Awesome. Give a shout out to my good friends at LassoGear.com. L a s s o g e a r.com. I want to give you twenty percent off using the code Halo Talks on the best compression socks on the planet. I've been using them during the pandemic. My field goal kicking is further and stronger than it's ever been. Check out these socks, you'll love them. They got an L and an R to make it easy to put on each foot. Enjoy it, trust me, you'll love them.